Hello and good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. We're looking at the results from Black Friday and Cyber Monday, specifically in the US. Let me bring on Joe Shastin from Retail Next, who's going to be taking us through the data points. Joe, good morning. Hi, Alex. Good afternoon. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me join you today. Uh, my, my pleasure. Sorry, I said good morning. You said good afternoon. It's, it's morning for you, no? Oh, uh, good morning for, for me, but good afternoon for you, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Good evening, right? Depends on how you look at yeah, it. It's dark. <laughs> the sun has disappeared. I don't know what time. Just, just out of curiosity, what time does it get dark in San Jose? Uh, it's about, you know, we'll say I was maybe about 5.30, 5 o'clock, you know, okay. little, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I yeah, know. In, in the UK, it's like at three and in, in Madrid, it's about five. So, but anyway, listen, Joe, I know you've had an incredibly busy week. You've been um, talking about the findings from your data. So if you don't mind, for those who don't know Retail Next, and I know you guys have been around for a very long time and have an impressive list, um, a customer base list. Can you just give us a sort of a one minute on Retail Next, the data set that we're going to look at um, in terms of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and projecting that forward? Uh, and then we'll just get straight into the data. Yeah. So Retail Next is a technology platform that aims to bring e-commerce style shopper analytics to brick and mortar stores. So we primarily will focus on putting a camera at the entrance to a store just to understand how many people are entering in and out of that location. And for the most part, when we're discussing the data that I'm gonna be showing in the, in the PowerPoint that I will share, all of the data is generated from just one single camera at the front of a store, just tracking people as they enter and as they leave, uh, generating a traffic in and a traffic out count. And that is the data that we are analyzing. The metrics that we are using um, in this report too uh, would require the store to have been open for a full year so that we can get that nice comp picture of how the store performed last year during Black Friday, how the store was performing this year, and our, you know, what can we see from a trend perspective. Uh, one other thing to note with the data that I'm sharing here today is that we do scale this to uh, be more um, uh, be a, more representative of the overall U.S. retail market. We, however, yeah. we do not include grocers and we do not include gasoline or sort of gas station purchases in these metrics. It's primarily focused on specialty retail, um, as well as maybe some of the you know department store retailers as well. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of the data that we have. Retail Next will also be able to provide information around in-store shopper behavior. That's not the data that I'm going to get into today, but that is another big focus of what we can do. It's provide those e-commerce style analytics for interior shopping. So how many people are dwelling? How long are they dwelling? You know, all of that sort of information around what people are doing when they come in. And, and I think more or less, it's around 5,000 data, 5,000 stores, roughly, right? I, I think. Um, you know, yeah, in that range. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there's a lot. It's, um, changing, it's changing all the time. I got you. Okay, well, listen, I'm I'm super excited. I, I, lo I love data. Uh, I, I love, and I, I said this to you off camera, I love the fact that you're in Milton Keynes and in Madrid, my two favorite places. Oh, it's no, it will go Milton Keynes, concrete cows, roundabouts. But anyway, let's dive into the data. Great. Okay, perfect. So just to kind of set the stage, we've got an initial view into, you know, what we've been seeing kind of trend wise going back into the summer of, you know, 2023. So I think generally speaking, what we were seeing through summer and most of, you know, early fall or end of summer is kind of year over year declines compared to 2022 in that, you know, one to 2% range. 
um, throughout most of the summer. We did see a nice, you know, uptick during that 4th of July week with some comp dates. But again, for the most part, 1% to 2% decline was what we were seeing leading up um, to the fall. Then once we started getting to fall, maybe a little bit more of the back-to-school season, we're starting to see a little bit more of a decline into that 3 to 4% range leading up to November. Now, what we know leading up to that week of Black Friday and then Black Friday itself is that there is usually a positive uptick in traffic trends, you know, compared to maybe November week two or even November week three in this case. And that's exactly what we ended up seeing. So our overall numbers for November week four were, you know, as positive they've been in, you know, the last four or five months at only about a decline, about 0.5% for the whole week of November. But on an even more positive note, what we were seeing was that we actually looked drill into the individual days leading up to Black Friday, as well as the weekend for Black Friday itself, we saw very positive metrics. So um, Thanksgiving is a very small sample size, so we could disregard that metric. But if we look at just Saturday or Black Friday itself on November 24th, we're at plus 2% for traffic. And then we carried on that kind of positive trend for Saturday and Sunday as well at about a plus one year over year. So, you know, so, so just, just quickly, is that, are you, is that a translation that from looking at the, the, the previous data set that people are actually, because I keep hearing that um, Christmas and, and, and shopping is happening earlier in the year, yeah. you know, so people are, so when, when you looked at the, the slide, it, it, it sort of, there was a massive downward slide leading up to, so people were like purposely holding back, holding back, holding back. Because in the UK, there's yeah. been a lot of complaints um, or I've listened to uh, some some analysis and analysis on the fact that everyone just threw their offers from like the beginning of November to try and get people to come in. But looking at your data, it sort of sort of, sort of actually validates what what's happening. That there is a is that right? Am I reading that right? Well, yeah. So from what I, what I had seen, right, when I was doing research more on the the U.S. side of things, a lot of the expectations were. You know, we've been seeing kind of softer trends leading up to Black Friday. You know, inflation was still not great for customers. There's a lot of concerns around, too, of are the Black Friday deals worth it? You know, can you get those earlier? Can you get them later? Do you need to go out and shop on Black Friday? So a lot of questions there that I think was, you know, tempering my expectations. I think, you know, when I was asked, I was expecting Black Friday itself to be maybe flat to slightly negative. So it exceeded my expectations when I saw that based on the perceptions, you know, kind of what we had been hearing of those deals shifting forward. I think I saw some research too that in the U.S., um, their the the discounts were at their highest rate that they've been in years for October. So yeah. discounts were getting pushed earlier in October. But again, what it ended up see what we ended up seeing from our metrics is that on Black Friday itself, you know, people still went out. It still seems like it's an event, right? So last year yeah. for Black Friday, we were plus seven compared to 2021, and then this year we're plus two compared to 2022. So we're still seeing increased growth. You know, even compared to two years ago, 2021. Now, 2019 and pre-COVID is a bit of a different story there as we're still, you know, not fully recovered from where we were pre-pandemic. But I think, you know, some of the patterns have just completely shifted the, you know, shopping dynamic post-pandemic era. So we might never reach that level. But again, we're seeing, you know, much yeah. stronger performances than we initially had expected to see, you know, based on, you know, perceptions and some of the surveys that we had been uh, getting from customers as well. Fantastic. Brilliant. I interrupted your flow. Sorry. No problem. Yeah. So I think, you know, the main takeaways here was, you know, very positive Black Friday in the U.S. And I think really specifically what we wanted to call out was the, the really strong performance in the health and beauty category. Now, this might not necessarily be much of a surprise. We we do tend to see health and beauty uh, perform very well around this time of the year. You know, kind of getting ready for holiday, 
getting ready with some of those gifting purchases, right? So that was really, really strong performance. But, you know, I think just to kind of see that pretty much double digit growth over the weekend, year over year, you know, was really, really positive to see for health and beauty. You know, I think we had some perceptions that this might occur. You know, I think luxury segment is still doing great for those people who, you know, can afford luxury, right? They're not really changing their habits too much. But maybe those people who are on the, the border of maybe wanting to purchase luxury, those people maybe seem to shift a little bit lower into, you know, maybe more premium cosmetics or, you know, maybe the health and beauty space, as opposed to maybe, you know, the luxury apparel, the luxury accessories and those sort of sorts of items. So that was something that, that we definitely noticed was that, um, you know, that health and beauty category, especially kind of the premium health and beauty was doing very well. We saw smaller growth in the luxury segment as well. And we saw, you know, also too, in the jewelry category, it was another category I want to call out. We saw really strong growth in jewelry. Uh, one yeah. of that, some of the growth was due to luxury, but really a lot of the growth in the jewelry category was really from the low kind of costume jewelry kind of price points. Um, that's where we were really seeing a lot of a lot of growth in that in that segment as well. Understood. Great. And then just the one final point I wanted to bring up with uh, kind of preparing uh, for a holiday in what we're seeing. So we got a metric from 2022. So we basically looked back at our holiday trends and we looked back at 2021 as well. And they were all very similar. But what we noticed is um, we took, we set the average traffic during this holiday time period. So basically November to December, that whole two month period, we're considering the holiday shopping uh, time period. And we set the average traffic to one. So that was just your average traffic over that time period is equal to one. And then we looked at what is it? What are the kind of key shopping dates? You know, Black Friday, that whole weekend, then Super Saturday, the other Saturday, and then the kind of last, you know, nine, 10 days leading up to Christmas. What does that traffic look like um, compared to the average day? And what we are seeing is that Black Friday, as you might expect, has by far the most traffic, you know, about 2.6 times the amount of traffic that you're getting on a regular kind of holiday shopping day. You're getting 2.6 yeah. that amount on Black Friday. Um, now, leading up to Christmas time, right? That is where you're starting to see still really strong performance, you know, almost 1.82x the amount of average holiday traffic. Uh, but it's not quite to the same level as Black Friday. I like to say that, you know, leading up to Christmas, you get a Black Friday basically every two days. So Black Friday traffic every two days during the Christmas ramp up period, that last 10 day period is equivalent to the traffic that you're getting in the Black Friday period. So, you know, just something to keep in mind that, you know, we're still going to have our most valuable days for retailers are coming up that last, you know, 10 days before Christmas, really strong drivers for traffic, really strong drivers for sales. So it's really important just to kind of, you know, take some learnings from, you know, whatever we're seeing from traffic on Thanksgiving, you know, in what were your trends looking like from an hourly perspective and, you know, and just making sure that we're ready during the holiday time period from a labor perspective, from coaching up the labor to understand where those associates are going, where they can interact with uh, customers on the floor plan to really try to drive that conversion um, as we're going to start to get that more valuable traffic in the store, you know, when there's much more urgency to make those purchases. So how, how does that break down in terms of, uh, from your experience, as you move, because obviously the, the next big shopping event are the sales that in the UK literally start the day after Christmas Boxing Day, they call it, in mm -hmm. Europe, they have the King's Day or it's like the 7th or 8th of January. In the US, when 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 is that sales? And I guess that's what you're saying here. As we come out of Christmas into that um, festive sales period, there's, mm -hmm. you're expecting the traffic to sort of keep going and retailers should be briefing their 
uh, yeah. store associates in that way. Yeah. So from my, my perspective, I think, you know, we're going to see a downturn, you know, over the next, not a downturn, but traffic's going to slow. It's still going to be strong, yeah. but it's Sorry, not going to be what you're going to see in those last, you know, two weeks leading or last week or two leading up to Christmas. That's what really you're where you're going to get your high traffic and your really high valuable customer, or, you know, highly valued customers in there because there's going to be a lot more urgency to make that purchase. You know, what we so literally the next two weeks, really. Yes. Yeah. So I would say probably starting around, you know, this about two Saturdays out from Christmas. I know we've got a little bit of a kind of a on Christmas this year and that, you know, I think Christmas last year was on a Sunday this year. I think it's going to be on on a Monday. So it's going to be about two Saturdays out from Christmas is really when you start to see that stronger growth. And, you know, in this case, we had a a 1.8 times traffic day on that two Saturdays out. And then right before, you know, uh, the 12.23 on that Friday, we had about a 2.0 X traffic. So a little bit lower because you had Christmas Eve kind of driving down that Saturday trend. But this year, I think it'll be interesting with that Christmas Eve on Sunday. How is that driving? And you'll have a full and you'll have a full Saturday um, uh, for for shopping uh, right before Christmas that day. Understood. Okay, that, that's fantastic. I mean, it, so much to unpack. And I guess that the other thing that retailers or folks that work in retail or sell to retailers are thinking about our, our NRF. You know, um, looking at what 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 what's that all about? What are they? What should they be focused on? Um, you you you're going to be there. You're going to be talking. What what do you? What's your focus this year on NRF? Yeah, so I'll be doing a few few things in NRF. So one of them will be talking about our traffic data. I think we are also kind of in the early stages, but we are planning to expand our our kind of benchmarking data. So this data is based on the U.S., but we are in the process of expanding, providing benchmarking data on more of the the UK, uh, the EU, and the Middle East as well. So, you know, hopefully during that time, I don't, I don't want to promise yet, but we are, you know, planning to kind of discuss some of the traffic trends that we're seeing in those regions, uh, do a little bit more with the US as well with what we've been seeing kind of a post, you know, holiday recap that will be in January at that time, be able to recap the Christmas kind of festive period, um, you know, provide some details there. And then I'll also be providing some more information kind of around the work that I do with our retail lab. So that was where I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the call, we do also do, and the majority of the work that I do is actually in retail lab. We'll put multiple sensors kind of all throughout the store to provide those e-commerce style analytics, not just at the door, you know, entry point to the store, but as yeah. customers are shopping, as they're moving throughout so that you can really understand more about the shopper path. So, you know, one of the sessions that I'll be talking about will be highlighting some of the work that I've been doing with one of our customers on that side of things as well. M- making the invisible visible, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, really, that's an interesting thing because that's like something I've been, you know, my whole career has been in in, in creating or transparency in the path to purchase yeah. and understanding people's shopping missions. I was just curious, is there, are there any snippets that you can share with us in terms of things that surprised you by that? Because obviously I, I always get surprised myself on projects, but I was just wondering, is there anything that surprised you when you were doing that? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there've been so many projects. I think for the most part, what I would say is I'm sometimes surprised by the unique nature of a lot of the retail stores, right? Like you think there might be something, there's definitely takeaways that you can make, but typically every project that we work on, the store, the layout being very different and unique, there's always different kinds of findings and different trends and different ways that you can drive shopper movement through the way that the store is laid out, right? So some of that can be bad, right? If it's too blocked or there's too much congestion, there's not enough flow to get to certain parts of the store. So, you know, we can provide metrics to customers, letting them know, you know, what does abandonment rate look like? How many people are coming in the store and leaving, you know, before actually 
engaging with the product. You know, we can have different methodologies for doing that, but you know, we can yeah. also provide details on you know what proportion of customers make it to certain areas of the store. So let you know where are they kind of peeling off on that funnel, where are you potentially losing that conversion rate. And I would say, you know, for the most part, that's that's kind of what I find is you know all these retailers are very unique, um, very different kind of paths to purchase, very different shopper journeys. And I think that's what makes it so exciting to really kind of dive in and try to, you know, find those different tests that we can run those A-B tests. I mean, that's really the the key factor of our, our platform is it really for those test and learn labs, right? Where you're testing out a new fixture, you know, maybe one style of, you know, putting the product folded versus one style of maybe hanging it on the rack, testing out how is that driving, you know, dwell uh, behavior or traffic behavior or people are just not seeing it, right? And then you can tie that to your sales metrics and understand, you know, not only that kind of lagging indicator, did someone buy, but where did we maybe lose them on the funnel, right? Did we, did they even get yeah. to the product? Did they even know that it exists, right? And if not, then maybe you need to move it to a place where there's more traffic, where people will see it. Or maybe there is in a great spot for traffic, but it's in an area of like a major thoroughfare and people don't want to stop and shop that. So you need to provide to give them, you know, a little bit more uh, ability to kind of, um, you know, interact with the product and not be getting bumped into by customers that are moving through. There's so much kind of data that you can get through understanding customer flow and overall dwell and, you know, traffic to different areas of the store. And, you know, working with the advanced analytics team at Retail Next, we can provide all other sort of custom metrics around, you know, how shoppers are, are you know, behaving in store and what they're engaging with and what they're not engaging with. Yeah, I mean, it always surprises me how much retailers leave on the table in the failure of conversion, upsell and cross-sell. Because it's just like left to a, a a dark art based on some pos data that they've got historically that says if they buy this they'll buy that as opposed to physical data from what's happening in in the path to purchase or uh, in that. So, sorry, go on. that's a great point. Just to jump up, I mean that's a great point, and that's kind of what we can also provide, um, you know, with like adjacencies, right? So we can understand. You know this in the online space, right? If someone clicks on yeah. one link for one product and they click on another one, for, you know that they, you know, there's overlap there. Well, we can get to that with our data, right? We know that someone shopped fixture A and then we know that, okay, they skipped fixture B and fixture C and went to fixture D. So we can provide yeah. details on maybe what are some of those overlaps where maybe you don't see that in the sales data because maybe for some yeah. reason they're not converting. So you're not seeing that in their basket. But we're able to provide a little bit more of a perspective again on that kind of higher level of the funnel of where were those opportunities that might have been lost. And, you know, it even goes back to, you know, higher level data for for traffic and, you know, just conversion at the store is you can use this this kind of data to compare your different stores. If you just have sales data and this kind of going back to your point about what surprises me most, I think one thing that I've seen is that I've really kind of drilled into like looking with some of our customers for segmenting out their stores and kind of clustering them is that oftentimes yeah. you'll think stores before are very similar because they have very similar, you know, daily average sales or, you know, whatever sort of sales metrics you're looking at. But when you look yeah. at the traffic level, it's very different. And that shows what the true opportunity of, of a location is, right? And that can really help you understand, you know, is this is this store actually performing well? Do I need to maybe consolidate locations? You know, do I need to expand locations, right? It can really just let you know overall what is that opportunity that you really don't have insight into unless you understand how many people are actually coming into the door or, you know, coming into the store through your door. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, there's been so many, um, I, I, I probably, they're probably off record conversations where retailers admit that they've got this flagship store that 
only converts of the 10,000 people that walk through the door, something like 1%, whereas their high street branch that is un underinvested in, underutilized, um, you know, is converting a higher percentage of, of traffic. So listen, Joe, I, I, as you can tell, I can carry on. It's a subject that I love um, in terms of di di dissecting why people do what and, and what is happening. If people want to find out more about your research or what Retail Next are up to, where where should they go? Yeah, so you can go to our website, you know, Retail Next. Uh, just Google for Retail Next will pop up. We also have some dashboards that are made available to us um, that include the data uh, that I've shown here. So, you know, for our customers, we make that available. We do also make that available for some media as well. Um, so, you know, that would be the best way, just research Retail Next and then, you know, reach out to myself. You know, my email is just joe.chastine at retailnext.net. Happy to address any other questions or forward those along to anybody else at, the, at our organization that can help with that. That's fantastic. Joe, I look forward to seeing you at NRF, uh, hopefully in a bar somewhere. <laughs> have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Right.